This is the Fit Roots Podcast, and I'm your host, Aidan Lee. We are focused on teaching you the best of philosophy, martial arts, health, and business. Our mission is to build modern warriors who enhance their lives through continual physical and mental evolution, and then bestow that gift onto the next generation. Today, we've got Oliver Torfason joining us. Oliver is a personal trainer, videographer, a fellow podcaster, and a huge advocate of psychedelics, which will help for spiritual exploration and healing. Welcome to the Fitness Podcast, Oliver. Thank you. Happy to be on. It's great to have you here, man. And I'd love to first just start off by, I guess, you know, telling people how one we met, but also uh, you telling us more so importantly about what your mission is and what you're trying to do with your podcast and your journey, because you're really at a stage now where you're, you're transitioning into uh, great things. So, yeah, why don't you go ahead and tell us a, a bit about your journey and where you're at at the moment? All right, yes, with my podcast at the moment, uh, I'm up to 10 episodes. I started uh, two, three months ago. And uh, <clears throat> yes, my podcast uh, is called Planet Olaf. So uh, it includes, it's including my name in it. Uh, my name is Olaver, but Olaf is the, uh, like the English, you know, more understandable version, you know, like this snowman frozen. You know, everybody <laughs> liked that guy. So, yeah, yeah. I figured out that I'd just call my podcast Planet Olaf. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, it's about, uh, yeah, psychedelics. It's about uh, health, fitness. I actually haven't had that many people on exclusively talking about health and fitness. I think they might stay a little bit away. <laughs> but the people who are the psychedelic community is very happy to be on. And, uh, yeah, I really like the... I really like the guests that come on who have, like, both worlds in them, you know, the... You know the psychedelics and uh, and uh, some exercise, some workout, some yeah. To, uh, people just like to take care of themselves, mind, body, and spirit in general. It's not about uh, like the party, <laughs> party yeah. psychedelic. Yeah, and uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, my podcast is uh, it's just it's in the early stages. It's uh, I had a, I, it, I had a name change recently. It was I used to call it the Stone Silverback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the uh, you no, know, it's, it's people, yeah, not, not Planet Olaf. No, it's. Uh, I was just trying really hard, to, trying really hard to f- come up with a name, and uh, I settled on for the first few episodes the Stone Silver Bag. The Silver Bag is an indicator of, you know, like masculinity or strength. You know, mm-hmm. the the big, you know, gorilla alpha male. Uh, not in a sense like alpha as uh, you know the modern toxic mm-hmm. masculinity type of thing. I mean, I, I was balancing that out with you know with a stone in the title. But it originally comes from the theory, the stoned ape theory by Terence McKenna. And oh, it nice. talks about involvement with uh, psychedelics and people's, uh, in, hum- in human consciousness, you know, back in the day. You know, it's uh, when we evolved from the great apes. And uh, I don't know, something happened back there. It's just a theory. And he, he, it's not a, like a serious theory. But mm. looking into it, it's, you know, it's really, you know, it's, uh, it makes a lot of sense in a really weird way. But yeah. I think, you know, the title, I really like the, I like the title. You know the concept, stone mm. ape, stone silverback. I'll, I'll probably work with it in the future, but it mm. just didn't really. When I when I figured like planet all of that kind of had it gave me that you know moment like that's it, you know that's it for the title. So yeah, and you got to so, feel yeah, that's, going forwards because if it's your show, you know what you're promoting and your brand, you want to feel exactly. And not that that doesn't, you know, I think there's a great explanation there, especially with the, <laughs> the McKenna theory behind it. Uh, it's very fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big McKenna <laughs> fan and. A lot of people don't know him, and uh, it, it just had too many layers of explanation. And the first thing people see is uh, just stone something. So, like it kind of just uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit yeah, it was the challenge to explain to people. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I can imagine so it's about health and fitness. And but you're saying so I, I kind I, I I just didn't want to give people the the wrong. Oh, you know, yeah, I want to give them a chance to like have a look at my stuff before. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, this is. <laughs> yeah and i get it it's, it's only two words but you know people can make preconceptions based upon just that and, it, and that could as you say turn people off who may otherwise be interested uh it's a hard one right. you know marketing you're, you're trying to find that fine balance between you know what's right and what still sits with you but also still what gets people's attention because you know if, if people aren't on the same wavelength you need to we need to meet them where they're at or vice versa so it's not that easy but with that in mind you know what we get the idea about what is it, you know, Planet Olaf now is all about, but why? Tell yes. us about your background and, you know, why 
your background has led you to create this kind of content and this kind of vision for your path going forwards? Well, like a short story about myself uh, to explain where I'm coming from. It's uh, like when I was a kid, I, I didn't do any sports at all. You know, a lot of kids were doing sports and uh, when in the teenage they start hanging out with some friends and uh, you know do their own things and they drop out of sport unless they're really really into it that's when i started doing you know i was doing martial arts i started 13 14 years old doing jiu-jitsu not the brazilian one but uh, more of a like a non-competitive self-defense type of uh, jiu-jitsu mm. so yeah because i was not much into the competition so i just uh, i really liked it for you know it was a uh, choreographed and it were like some tips and tricks and it was just like mm-hmm. a good good company and uh, but uh, my interest really grew in martial arts at that time and uh, before that time i used to stay inside and draw all the time so i was always more of like this artistic you know kid uh, drawing and drawing and uh, yeah i just did i didn't go out to play and uh, you know i live in iceland shitty weather so mm-hmm. <laughs> stay, staying inside and drawing but i started uh, exercising at the age of 14 and uh, by the age of 18 or 19 i I was doing like uh, kung fu tai chi as well and uh, and i was planning on moving to asia i was planning on china originally but then i ended up in japan it was either one of those two places i never actually ended up in china but i also did uh, go to thailand so i was doing kanto tokusen karate in japan and i was doing muay thai in in thailand and that was like a period of few years oh wow so that's the, uh, I was not maybe drawn that much. So I was more into like, you know, that's when I, when it grew on me, all that uh, physical exercise and also the competitive part. Cause I was, you know, I was competing in karate and uh, Muay Thai and that's like uh, full contact. And uh, mm-hmm. I was never really planning on becoming a professional fighter or having it as a career, but it was uh, like a test. You know, I'd been doing martial arts for a few years and uh, I didn't have any fighting skills, so to speak. I had like a, I, you know, I, I could get myself out of situation, but uh, not like a fighting skill. Yeah. And I really wanted to catch up to that. And uh, I'm not, I haven't been doing a lot of martial arts recently in the last few years, but I'm always on my way back there. It's, it's always a part of my mindset when I'm training. Mm. So after that, I yeah, I got back home. It was like 10 years ago. And, uh, and I went through like a rough time for a few years just to... Uh, you know, without any, any direction and not really knowing what I want to do. And, uh, and always been into, you know, uh, filmmaking and uh, videographing. So I've been, you know, photoshopping and doing, doing my, like, you know, some short films or some music videos or so, you know, not, not like not professional productions, but just my things on the side. So that has always been a part of me as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, maybe around 21, 22, I started getting really interested in reading up on, psychedelics you know nice. plant medicine and uh, before that i was as a kid i was really into the paranormal like a kid or a teenager i was i was looking at the aliens and the ghosts and you know i was watching x-files and all those things and uh, around 20 when i was doing the, the martial arts i started looking into the spiritual or religious mm. uh, cultures and uh, um, more of the buddhist shintoist and taoist you know the asian mm. the eastern philosophies and religions more than the western you know like um christianity or or mm. islam i was more into the the you know the exotic ones <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's uh, just one thing led to another and uh, you know i was like you know i didn't really I, I never i started drinking when i was 20 yeah i was over 20 years old and i was like a late bloomer and so yeah. so i was never really into like you know the drug culture or anything like that but uh, after getting into you know the psychedelics, I kind of looking back, I, I knew like it was it was bound to happen. <laughs> Eventually, I was going to pick it up somewhere along the way. Yeah. Do you think that's but, your curiosity that made you pick that up, or, or what is it? Yeah, I think it's just the. Um, I mean, uh, I'm really, really intrigued and interested in in the unseen or the the spiritual or you know the just that. Uh, that moment or state where people talk about, you know, the state of enlightenment or with psychic people when they pick up on something or people might see like, I don't know, UFOs, <laughs> like yeah. the, those moments that are not normal. Uh, I was just really interested in, in uh, like as Terence McKenna describes, direct experience. You know, you can mm-hmm. listen to people talk to you about their trip to Africa, but it will never be the same as going to Africa. But in this case, we're talking about something that is, kind of considered or well you know officially considered 
not real scientifically, yes. medically, or and it's, I mean, like the experience itself, you know. Well, people, you know, the thing is that experience is real. It mm. is real, whether it is, you know, the unseen world <laughs> unfolding, yes. and whether that is real or not, you know, that's another debate. But the experience yeah. itself is real. Yeah, you can't deny the experience. You know what what it is. Who knows? But you can't deny the experience. Yeah, right? exactly. Maybe you're not the uh, you know, <laughs> you're not there. Yet. You know, me- meeting the spirits or anything like that. Maybe not, but. Uh, it sure damn feels like yeah. <laughs> i mean it's uh, it, it it counts if people you know if people do it and uh, if if they have if it benefits them if it yeah. gives them answers uh, reassurance and all those things uh, that 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 is what makes it real and it just yeah. it brings you to that question existential question what is real in general mm. Mm. it's not like my experiences show me that the, the next world is real it's more like this world here is not as real as we might think. Mm. So, yeah. Very interesting. Okay. So just for those maybe who are uninitiated or those who don't know, you know, what would you say a psychedelic is? And then give us examples. Um, obviously, we both had experience with it, but, you know, just for those who don't know, tell them what it is, examples, and then also maybe about where you started, which ones you started with, and then I guess progressed to and how you uh, use them now. Yes. Well, psychedelics are... Uh, most often plants or plant medicine, but not necessarily. You can also have psychedelic uh, compounds, uh, psychedelics, you know, from toads. You know, there's a, uh, a toad. You can, you don't lick the toad, uh, you know, yeah. a little disclaimer. Uh, cam- <laughs> but the cambo. <laughs> yeah, well, the cambo is, yeah, in, uh, well, I don't know if it's uh, psychedelic, maybe in a way. I had the cambo experience. It was not psychedelic oh, for yeah. me, but, uh, but it's, uh, it, it is a uh, very sacred uh, yes. like frog and amazon and it's a uh, it's a medicine and it's uh yeah it's really powerful really powerful and really yeah. important i was referring to the the dmt toad you know the uh, sonoran desert toad mm. that has a dmt one of the lesser known psychedelics uh, for the general public mm. the the most common known psychedelics are lsd and mushrooms mm. and uh, those are the you know the triggering words people are, oh you know oh <laughs> acid <laughs> mushroom yeah. acid mushroom <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> I, I tend to talk about, I like to talk about uh, like psychedelics, antiogens, and uh, just mm. plant medicine. Use those words before I start using words like mushrooms and LSD. Then you can see who is, uh, who is interested in, in those things behind, you know, those. Behind uh, negative connotations and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, it might throw them off. And, you know, that's okay because that is just the, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it is a big, big taboo and, um, but the other psychedelics, like uh, there's this cacti peyote, and mm-hmm. then the uh, ayahuasca is really, really yeah. on the rise. You know, I, I remember back in the day, well, just a few years back, people didn't really know that word. But every now and then, people are like, yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. People who are not into those things, mm-hmm. they heard about ayahuasca. That is not a plant, but that is a mixture of different plants that uh, mm-hmm. when, the, when they are yeah, brewed together and uh, ingested, they bring about a profound state (laughs) (laughs) of consciousness and uh, so yeah those uh, psychedelics have been really yeah they have been a part of uh, our history human history even before you ask the Terence McKenna theorizes you know we were we were already you know eating them when we were you know monkeys (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean animals animals seek out psychedelics and uh, yeah yeah, you for plants that give them euphoric states and uh, a past we can't really ask the animals but they seem to be tripping after eating. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, they, eat, they yeah. eat plants with those compounds in, and then they seem to be like having a really good time, a really deep time. Like yeah, hashtag yeah. deep. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's quite a few examples of that in nature. It's quite fascinating when you watch them just, yeah, as you say, tripping balls. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting, especially for yes. us. <laughs> we can report and communicate it, but the, uh, the experience between one another, which is obviously the more, the more amazing part and second to doing it obviously um you know now let's move on so obviously you've got experience with it as as i have but i think this is the first time i've i've like i said to you earlier actually discussed psychedelics on this podcast let alone my usage of them um but you know this is not really about me so tell me Oliver, what your experience is of them and how they have benefited you feel free to say which ones those are as well and if different ones are well, <clears throat> ways as well they are they, they all share like a common like a common threat but in a way they also have their own own uh, 
own uh, what is that? I say it like own just uh, yeah for example uh, uh, like ayahuasca is very nature based like it gives you like a really like a connection with nature uh, the mushrooms as well but in, like in higher doses they can be pretty like cosmic they can be very alien like mm-hmm. and uh, well ayahuasca still tends to be very very um, like nature like mother nature connection and you know rivers and trees and but if you have like a free base or if you just take a clean dmt have those uh, not, not an ayahuasca just have the have the you mean if you smoke it yeah when when people smoke it yeah. and uh, it can then you can then it can become like really alien <laughs> but i haven't really had that uh, that so called dmt breakthrough but yeah, my experiences with psychedelics are some of them were pretty intense some of them pretty like light yeah but uh, i've had the the psilocybin that, that is the mushrooms both yeah. as a mushroom and as truffles mm-hmm. and uh, i've had the dmt and the five MEO DMT, the oh, ayahuasca, yeah, yes, and uh, peyote about. and iboga. So yeah, I, I got a few under my belt. And uh, but the peyote one was uh, I didn't really well. It was a very interesting experience, but I, I don't think it took me really anywhere. It was more of a physical. Yeah. I was just uh, I had it for two nights, and uh, it's a very interesting weekend. We had like a sweat lodge as well. Oh, wow. and that was also in in a way that was also really like therapeutic or like yeah. it was really. Not like psychedelic, but I mean, it's uh, it's uh, you know impacts your mind. It was part of the process, nice. but I was just like really, really sick, and I was just throwing up a lot. And uh, during the peyote, yes, during the peyote, yeah. and uh, but the weekend after, I had ayahuasca, and I had no nausea at all, and I just went really, really, really deep. Ah. So I felt like I felt like the peyote had cleared the path a little bit. Ah, I see. So let's let's take them one by one. So um, I guess let's start with the. Well, I guess it depends how much you take, but let's start with the yes. the not conventionally as strong ones. So start with uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah, tell us a bit yes. more about that and your experience with those. The mushrooms are probably the, one of the most common uh, along with the LSD. I've never had the LSD experience. Okay. And uh, the, the mushroom is, uh, the mushroom is, it grows all over the world. Mm. And uh, it has, uh, it is actually very unique. It has a, you know, now my, my English is put in, being put to the test. It has like a four phosphate, phosphate something molecule. It has a, it has a molecule, a molecular structure that is unique in nature, nowhere ah, to be found out. So that's a really, really, you know, I don't know, like a alien fingerprint. I don't yeah. <laughs> I'm quoting a lot of Terence McKenna stuff here. Yeah. And uh, he is uh, the mushroom is uh, in lower doses it can be very like manageable and enjoyable and uh, gives you like glimpses and insights but in a in a larger doses in a very large large doses it can just uh, dissolve people obliterate them you know just throw them into you know <laughs> space <laughs> of no ego and uh, so they're pretty powerful so people should be very they mm. should be very not a joke even though careful yeah exactly not a joke you know, a lot of people who either who I've heard a lot of horror stories, as anybody has. You know, most of the stories I've heard about psychedelics are re- pretty good because I listen to the stories of the people who are doing it intentionally and in the correct setting and with the right mindset and have done their homework. Mm. But people who don't do their hom- homework and to take too much or mix it with the mix, mix it with other drugs, whether it's alcohol or any type of prescription or other illegal drugs, that's a, that is always a bad story with a bad ending so don't do that <laughs> yeah definitely. but the, the mushrooms can be pretty light and uh, they don't bring as much not people can get a little bit nauseous but they don't purge They're, yeah purging is not a big part of uh, of the mushroom mm-hmm. so i had to I've, yeah i've had a few of those uh, experiences that just made me realize uh, the potential of the uh, of the of psychedelics and uh, it just made me read more about them maybe like a one one short experience with a few glimpses produced maybe hours and hours of me reading upon it and uh, watching documentary talking about it thinking about it so uh, eventually a couple of years ago i ended up in the netherlands on my first official like spirit journey as i would call it you know i i consider myself you know starting officially like my spirit journey with them i had my you know i tested it before i was testing the waters but i went first time for the swim Mm. and then when i had that at that point i had my first ayahuasca 
weekend and two weeks later I had another ayahuasca weekend and uh, a week later I had iboga and uh, after that weekend I had 5M or DMT and then I went back home like okay Wow, that's, that's it. That's time for it. Yeah, I think it was a because it was my summer vacation. I had just one month, and I was just trying to cramp it all in there. Yes, yeah, take them all. <laughs> I think like after the second night, it was the weekend. I was kind of like <laughs> I could have gone home and just uh, processed. You know, it was a little bit too much, but uh, it's not like too much. Uh, you know, it was not that bad. You know, yeah, really, you can deal with it. The, the yeah, it's yeah. more dealing with the experience rather than at the time. So let's go through them one by one. So yeah, let's go with ayahuasca first. So one, just start off with a brief uh, explanation of what it is, and then I guess your experience after that. Yes, ayahuasca. It is. Uh, it's very unique. I say that every time with all of them. It's mm. pretty unique. <laughs> yeah. Very special. It's uh, it's uh, very distinctive. The thing is about ayahuasca. It it is a recipe of two two plants and uh, it depends on what the plant it is uh, one of them has to contain monoamine oxide uh, inhibitors right? yeah yeah exactly the mao inhibitors that yeah. blocks those en enzymes so mm. the other plant with the dmt can be digested otherwise it just goes through your system you can eat a lot of dmt and nothing will happen but mm. the, the enzyme blockers will actually uh, you know letting it into your system and make you you know feel mm. And experience the, yeah. the experience the dmt molecule yeah. you know we call it it's, it's a drug i mean it's a it's a you know it's but it's actually you know what kind of it, it is a it is a, a neurotransmitter actually it is a, mm. native to the body our own bodies produce it mm. so it's you're just taking in more at dmt <clears throat> yeah. and uh, so it's, it's really weird in, in a lot of places it's illegal but everybody is illegal i guess because we have yeah. Most mammals yeah. and plants have DMT. It's just some plants are considered like the the, the teacher master plants by the shamans. They seek out the ones who have a lot of DMT in them. Mm -hmm. So that is, uh, I, I don't really know how old that recipe is. People talk about two thousand years. I've heard about years. ten thousand years. Yeah. But have you heard of the uh, the story? I, I don't know the, the accuracy of, of it or not, but um, from I believe from Graham Graham Hancock, where he talks about how the how the shamans in uh, Peru and in, in the Amazon originally found the coinciding plant, the MAOI inhibitor, or whatever. How they how they did that supposedly was they said that the spirits told them because there's yes. these thousands, I think something crazy like fifty thousand plus plant species in the uh, Amazon. It's like how the hell did they know which which one would be the right inhibitor? Exactly, and 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 also it's tricky to mix it together. So, yeah, it, it is very common with those plants that uh, they didn't really like find out by by themselves. Mm. Like a lot of those stories are about the spirits visiting them and telling them, teaching them how to how to. Maybe some of them were like sidekicks, and they were they went to them, you know, and <laughs> told them like you have to do this and that. Everybody can, you know, contact yeah. us. <laughs> Have that experience, even with a combo frog. That was a shaman. The story tells about a shaman who drank ayahuasca because his people were sick and he needed some. He needed answers and uh, help. So the mm. spirits, while on ayahuasca, they told him like you know, see that frog over there, go and you know, do this really? and that, and you know, yeah. So, oh, it's, wow. <laughs> so there's no, yeah. We can't really tell about because they haven't been. I don't know, we can't really tell about how many years. The first written, like, scientifically documented reports on ayahuasca, I think, from 17, 1800s. But we can't really tell how many generations back. They just mm -hmm. look at uh, archaeology or artifacts. Graham Hancock, he's really into, like, ancient history, so he's probably a really good authority on that yeah. subject. But I think, it, well, I don't know, the, the recipe of ayahuasca, how it is today, I don't know how old it is, but they have been working with those plants for, like, a millennia. Mm -hmm. for like a really really long time yeah and uh, what, what was your experience on it then so you've got some background now which is which was one fascinating but two insightful well, your experience with it with ayahuasca it was yeah it was really every time i had it it felt like it took me deeper and deeper i had the two ceremonies my first weekend and another two ceremonies the uh, the, the second weekend and i've had it uh, four times now additionally eight times total and uh and uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I don't really purge that much. I mean, people 
talk about throwing up, vomiting, and, uh, and that happened, but not, yeah. uh, not so much. I had nausea. Even sometimes I didn't have nausea at all. But people talk about purge. It's about... you want to explain getting, what that is, by the way? Tell, tell everyone what purging is. Purging is... Uh, that can be... Well, you know, if you, if you cry or if you laugh or if you scream or if you sweat or if you, you know, just have a runny nose, all of those things can be considered purging. But with ayahuasca and some other psychedelics, they can have pretty, like, a violent purging where people like, throw up or need to you know, have diarrhea and those things that need to be, like, taken care of. They, need, they can't mm-hmm. really, uh, they should have somebody around to help them as, assist them. Yes. And, uh, yeah, the purging is, uh, it's, in a way, it's... It, uh, it's a detox and it just mm. uh, releases your system of like maybe toxins and uh, those things. But people also talk about energetic uh, detox. And I, mm. you know, I don't know. I, I can't really prove it scientifically, but I agree on my experience because yeah. when I threw, threw up, I felt like I was getting rid of something. Yes. And yes. I just felt so, so light afterwards. And that kind mm. of feeling continues in the, when you're, when it's opened up afterwards. Yeah. So the purging is just uh, letting go of things. And uh, yeah, my first, very first ayahuasca ceremonies, I actually had a lot of trouble letting go because mm-hmm. I had been just conditioning myself. Uh, and for example, the, the guides were helping the people to the bathroom. If somebody was rolling on the mattress or somebody was having yeah. a hard time, I was just going to stand up and help the guides. But then I realized, no, I'm here for, my, yes. for myself and I need to have, the, have that experience. Now it's my chance. because it's. Uh, and I went to the Netherlands just, so we know like uh, it's yeah. illegal back here <laughs> i went to the netherlands to have those experiences yeah. just so i just to make sure i wouldn't have you know any paranoia back in my mind like oh i could get into trouble or, you know. that's exactly so, because why i went there as well not i mean not exactly why but i think there's something to be said about going on a on a physical journey to a different place as well, yeah. as well, and almost mentally preparing yourself for the the actual ceremony rather than just Excellent. yeah a couple of miles down totally. the road to someone's house i agree yeah but it's a journey it's a it's a very symbolic i always one of the reasons why i was reading about it for years thing you know it was probably six years i was studying ayahuasca before i finally did it mm. i thought to myself like uh, you know you know i want to do it but there came a point where i just felt i have to do it i need to do it but i was just also um, just delaying myself thinking about the uh, peru going all the way to the Amazon and it's more expensive, you know, traveling and it's more, you know, and all of that, it's more, more of a challenge. But yeah. when I did it in the Netherlands, I was staying at a, I was staying with a, like my host family. I, I got like an adopted family there and I have oh. people that have, yeah. <laughs> just good people I met on couch serving and I've been staying with them every year now for the last okay. few years, like really lovely people, like a family in the countryside. And the, the, the ceremonial place was very close, actually, across the river. I was going to go like a big, big roundabout through the town yeah. and train. Was to, this uh, to when you went to Omaya or somewhere else? Yes, uh, it was Maria Johanna, but she had the team of Omaya. Yes, ah. it was in, uh, I can't remember the you know, difficult pronunciation of those Dutch yeah. towns. <laughs> but they told me like uh, that the, uh, the family told me just take the, take, our, take the bike and take the boat over there. So what I ended up doing was going through a little bit of woodland and also uh, taking a boat across the river. And later that day when I was having my ayahuasca experience and I was thinking back and I was like, I had that experience of all the, all the for, uh, foliage and all the you know, trees around me and going down up the river. It's similar as they do in the Amazon because they had to go deep, deep into the jungle. So I had like a, a little mini, <laughs> no, you just like you were saying, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, doing that, doing a little bit of traveling around it is, uh, yeah, it adds to the experience. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah, definitely. And what did you, you know, what did you get from it then? So let's talk specifically more about. So we talked about purging. You know, what's involved, what it is, how it works, combining the two parts together, and the story behind that. But yeah, what is your experience of ayahuasca and how it's benefited you? Well, after I got. After I had those experiences, I was like really, really, really high on life. And uh, mm-hmm. even after I got back home, like for weeks and uh, for like months, you know, it, it, it declined. I, I mean, I, when I, it came back easily when I, you know, was focusing on it and, you know, putting music in my ears and just thinking back. But uh, of course, you know, real life hits once you get back home. But what I, like my experiences, it was not very visual. You know, a lot of people, maybe they're in for the, for the visuals, you know, it's, you know, what we see in the movies. And I, I did not really experience, at least in my first sessions, a lot of uh, visual. I mean, a little bit of blurred vision, a very vivid imagination, very vivid uh, thoughts. 
but uh, it was mostly emotional and it was just a lot of yeah a lot of purging through nausea and uh, actually in the first few first four ayahuasca experience the fourth one i finally threw up only once and it felt really good up until then it had just been nausea and uh, like a lot of crying actually really uh, relieved me off the nausea and uh, so I, w- I was just it felt like a lot of it felt good but it also it felt good because it was a uh, because it felt bad you know it was just a lot of i don't know pain grief and just repressed uh, feelings just coming out 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 the last time i had ayahuasca it was just like uh then i had a lot of visual visuals and uh, not much of uh not, it was not digging deep down into any 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 yeah, I felt like I was just having like a really good euphoric, uh, ecstatic uh, experience, mm-hmm. and just uh, it was just really nice, kind of being just you know just feeling the love. All of my all of my experiences up until that had just been about like letting go of pain, and the the, the no, ceremony number seven was actually a mixture of those both, so like letting go of all the pain, but I could feel like the the good coming in as well. Good. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. You know, it's really, you know, it's, uh, as with all, you know, you can't really put it, because it's really personal. It's, uh, yes. you know, it's my memories, my feelings. And, uh, but yeah, what it did for me and my memories and my just emotional state. I mean, like my life has been, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not a miracle cure. It just gives mm-hmm. you insights. It gives you answers. It gives you clues. It gives you tools to work with. And if you don't work with them, you're just going to get back into your old habits, which I did actually. And, and I went back to the Netherlands yes, last year and uh, I went back this year as well. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, uh, you, you have to cooperate with those. Mm. I mean, you have to kind of like sit down and listen while you're having the experience, but then you have to, you know, you let them do the work, but then you, yeah. you know, then you do the work afterwards. And uh, Yeah, you have to do it on both ends. And, and I think the guide I went with, uh, sorry, I had last time for the, the ceremony we did. Uh, we did a private ceremony on the second time. I think I was telling you when I came on your podcast recently. Yes. Uh, but the story was, she, she said it very well. Uh, I don't know if you met her, Marika, lovely lady. Um, yes. Oh, you did? Oh, she's brilliant. Yeah, I met her. Yeah, le- le- last year, yeah. yeah ah, really good. Lovely. Well, there you go. Because she was never there on the first time I went, but this time on the private one, she was our guide. But she, yeah, she said it like this, you know, you have to come here, you do the work, but then you get home, you do the homework. You know, that's, it's like training. You can't come up do one training session and you go home and you eat shit and you, you know, you do nothing. Uh, you sleep badly. You're stressed all the time. You haven't got the right light, the water, right mechanics or whatever it might be. Uh, you have exactly. to work, you know, it's like anything. So we've yeah. all been there. I think I did that the first time. I didn't, I didn't really consolidate the experience very well. Uh, but it yes. does take some experience to help you take the experience on board better next time. Like psychedelics in a ceremonial setting with intentions uh, are very, very good to disrupt that pro you know those habits those uh, mm. you know the, the way things are going it's really good to distru- disrupt it but then uh, then again you can always sink back into it yeah i mean uh, i felt like uh, it's really weird the, the with ayahuasca i felt you know i, I felt a really good i had a good experience and i was just on a pink cloud or what do you call it, like cloud nine in yes. Icelandic, we call it like a pink you know floating on a pink cloud mm-hmm. yeah. uh, like for like weeks and uh, and uh and when you feel like that, it was really easy not to do any work, just basking in that, you know, like the yeah. newly profound <laughs> understanding of the world and life and just looking around at all the trees or the rain or the sun or whatever and just being like, oh, everything is so great, it's so perfect. But uh, recently when I've had my ayahuasca experience, I feel like I'm more just back to normal, like bam, just, you know, daily, everyday life, you know, just I'm not really lost in, all the, in the beauty of everything. But on the other hand, I feel I'm more integrated, or I mean, I feel like I'm more, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I still hang on, better on to those, I mean, it's like a, I'm implementing it, you know, yeah, faster, and also, better, and yeah. It seems like you're actually more being, more have more integrity with the state that you're in whilst you're under ayahuasca, and then now the state that you're in in reality, and I guess if the two are close together, your ideal state or thoughts or ideas that come to you during uh, during the ayahuasca ceremony and in real life are more coinciding now. So I think there are maybe a bit more alignment. I haven't done it as many times as you, but I think there's something to be said about, you know, when you do go back to it, you almost know what you have to work on, how you have to improve as a person and, you know, what you can do to make your life and other people's lives better and thus society. But 
as you say, it's the habits, it's the homework. Yes. It's all the stuff sometimes we don't want to do, which sometimes things like ayahuasca helps us to see and realize that can and should be done, but in a way that will actually do the work. Because when you and I both know habit change is one of the hardest things, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Trying it by myself. But I know some people in, like, I got friends in the Netherlands, and they kind of, you know, they like ayahuasca, done it a few times, but like at the moment they're like, no, no, it just keeps telling me the same things. And I'm like, what is it telling you? I need to change this and I didn't need to do that. And I need to take better care of myself. And I asked, are, are you? Like, no. <laughs> so yeah, of course, it's, it's telling them that, you know, because once they do that, they, they would like to do ayahuasca again or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great anecdote because what's the point going back and back if you're not, uh, you know, over and over doing ceremonies, if you're not actually improving? You know, you don't want to get caught in that sort of psychedelic trap of just doing, doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Doing it, right? And it's, it's not addictive. It is nothing like that. You know, it is, you know, it's, it's a plant medicine. It's mm. herb. I mean, you know, I, I talk about it like that, but in a scientific understanding, yeah, of course, it is a drug. But, mm. it's a, but it's a different drug than what we're used to, and it's not addictive. But the thing is, people can get really, like, dependent on experiences, yes. for example, you know, being really dependent on having that psychedelic experience. And I did notice a little bit in my last few sessions that, uh, you know, those moments of the pain coming out, I was, I felt like if I'm not, you know, feeling that, I feel like I'm not really hitting the spot or, right. you know, I'm not really, you know, getting out of it what I, what I wanted. I mean, I, I felt like I was a little bit addicted to, uh, not addicted, but yeah, dependent, addicted, whatever you want to call it, to, yeah. uh, you know, not like to having the experience constantly. I went on for months until I got back. But once I was having having mm -hmm. it again, I felt like I feel like I should be having more pain coming out. Where's yeah. that? You know, I, I like that part of it. But yeah. the, then, <clears throat> and then I realized that just you know, just to drop the expectations, just let it mm -hmm. do its thing. And then I was just uh, yeah, I felt like almost overwhelmed by that bliss. But and then I just figured you know, all of that you know, the shit that needed to be cleaned out. Yeah. It's gone, so now I can just you know bask in that uh, I don't know, like divine ecstasy. So this, yeah, I did exactly. feel like there were you know there are always things that can be you know cleaned mm -hmm. out, but at that moment it was more like a you know just you know have a good ride, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enjoy yourself. Right. Yeah, it sounded like yeah you're just enjoying the journey more because I think there, as you say when you put those ex kind of expectations on it, you know I want to get this from it. You don't know what it's going to give you. You can't sit there and predict. Similarly, it's like in training, you know, that there are certain groups of people, uh, I forget it, I will name them, you know, certain types of training like boot camp and CrossFit or whatever, where if they don't feel like they're going to collapse after the session, they don't feel like they've put in the work. And it's not, right, yeah. not that's not what it's about. You know, health and well-being is much broader than that. Yes, it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. you don't work hard, but it doesn't mean you have to go through all of that unnecessary pain there are ways to do it a bit more efficiently and not hurt yourself or damage yourself in the process so yeah exactly and you can have those trainings every once in a while to test how far you can take it but mm. if you do it every every it's just going to yeah it's, it's not going you're not going to recover training like that all of the time yeah exactly and it's, it's not a long-term strategy you know i guess if you're looking you know if anything psychedelics right are for long-term improvement mentally psychologically socially emotionally intellectually even and therefore then physically too yes they are really on the rise today and uh, because of the internet we have free flow of information it's not always what we hear on the news or mm. what uh, you know like what, what they want us to hear and uh, <clears throat> and uh, yeah it's just a uh, yeah free flow of information and people can do their research and also connect you know people connecting and also yeah, like yeah, like with, uh, with uh, having ceremonies in the Netherlands, and like if it wouldn't be for the internet, I don't know if I would have ever found out, out about them or ayahuasca. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're right. At all. And on a similar note, then you said you've done five MEO DMT, right? Yes. Yeah. So that is tell, the, us, the, tell us about one, what it is, and the difference, because they're not that dissimilar in some ways. So tell us what, uh, yes, what you felt from it. There are. Uh, when people talk about uh, smoking DMT, they usually talk about NNDMT or 5-MeO-DMT. The 5-MeO is 5-methoxy-dimethyltryptamine and this uh, can be, you know, it is in the venom of the Sonoran Desert Toad, the Bufo alvarius, and uh, the DMT itself is not the venom, I think, but it's, uh, you know, you burn that away, actually, when you, when you 
yes. when you smoke that DMT. And you should not use that DMT in ayahuasca brew because it's 5-MeO, and that actually can be dangerous. That can yes. be toxic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> well, I'm actually having uh, an expert on 5-MeO and DMT coming on my podcast soon. Is there? Oh. So he's a, like he's a medicine man, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But this, I've had that experience once. That was uh, after my Iboka experience, after my two ayahuasca weekends back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really interesting experience. Um, it was probably the craziest experience I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. To the point I really don't remember it. It just <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much. My brain just didn't really Sometimes. hang on to it. Tell us how it was uh, consumed. Did you smoke it, I assume? Or? Yes, I actually, I was in the Netherlands and uh, there is this uh, person that is, uh, who has ceremonies with uh, mushrooms and, and has uh, the DMT. And uh, I went for, he didn't have anything scheduled, so I had uh, like a private ceremony. So he had yes. me coming to his house. The house was really cool, a lot of crystals and the ayahuasca patterns on the wall and the Alex Gray paintings. Nice. But it startled me a little bit because I had to cross the border. So I was actually in Germany. So he was kind of like, Shh, you know, yeah. it was a little bit of a, yeah, that okay. factor. I was actually, you know, leaving behind in Iceland to go, come to the Netherlands. So I, I was just, I felt a little bit out of, mm. because you have to feel like really, really, really comfortable going into this experience because you yes. get really vulnerable and, uh, and uh, I don't know, there was some point he, he said like, oh, I, I hope I got enough. <laughs> and I'm coming all the way here <laughs> from yeah. Iceland, paying all that money. And, uh, and I don't know, it's like and, uh, he had his kids in the house and they were, you know, he had to run back and forth. And it was like a big distraction. A really cool guy. And I really liked his, uh, his whole charisma. He's, he's really into psychedelics, really dedicated, really knowledgeable. And, uh, but there were like a few of those things that, uh, I don't know, I just, yeah, I didn't have any, you know, I, I didn't have like that breakthrough, I think. And yeah. uh, maybe because of the environment, because of the setting, also maybe because I've been having such extreme experiences before with Iboka and uh, Ayahuasca in the, in, the, uh, in the previous weeks. So maybe, you know, maybe I had uh, taken in all that I needed for the time being to take home and process. Yeah. But, uh, a year later, I had ayahuasca and uh, a ceremony with Omai, and <clears throat> that was a moment where I was letting out a lot of the pain, but also taking in a lot of the good stuff. I mean, it, it was just being replaced in like uh, the former experiences were just uh, letting go of things, but now I was accepting. And uh, it, it was a little bit more visual, and it kind of reminded me like slightly of that, you know, experience. Mm. So kind of it brought it back a little bit. Yeah. But uh, 5-MeO-DMT is something that I will definitely be doing again. I don't know when, but uh, when okay. I do, I hope to, yeah. I'm just going to treat it like, uh, I'm, you know, the day or the week before, I'm just going to be like a total monk about it. Yeah. You don't really need to do a diet like you do with uh, other psychedelics, like, uh, you know, you have to fast. Or it's preferably good to fast before ayahuasca mm-hmm. or peyote because you purge it. But I'm, I'm just going to do like a big weekend of meditation and reading and uh, isolation. I don't know. <laughs> then I'll have you. Yeah. <laughs> your DNT because uh, it just really, yeah, it scares people. It just, uh, yeah, it completely dissolves them. And it's, it's a big ride. It's just, you're just being thrusted through. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just it's Is it only like space. For about 15 minutes or something, right? It's not that yeah, long. Yeah, ten, 10 or 15 minutes. And, uh, and uh, comparing it to space travel is a very modest way to put it. <laughs> it, it feels like you're going through time in, in different dimensions. And I was just crazy. I, I just couldn't grasp it. As soon as I was trying to make sense of it, which was impossible, it just shifted into something else. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And it was just, uh, yeah, it just, uh, uh, I just felt like a human mind is not supposed to like, possibly experience that it was just way beyond beyond what is and because i never really thought about the limits mm-hmm. like what what the mind the human mind can actually conceive but this was just uh, like millions of levels <laughs> it was just too it was too much yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. it was not the, maybe i could have like saved it for another time but it, it was wow. really interesting yeah and uh, and the, the the difference between and then dmt and five meo is that the the it seems like the 5-MeO supposedly 
I can't talk from my own experience, but uh, what I'm reading, what I'm reading about it, it just it takes you like a, it just throws you out into space, and then you just uh, dissolve and you emerge with the swords, you know, God, mm. uh, the inf- infinity, just whatever, you know, like words don't do it justice. But the end and DMT can actually be like when you encounter, you know, some beings or encounter spirits, and you, you know, find yourself in. in certain places and i've never had that experience so i can't really uh share anything about that but yeah i just read a lot about it so it's it's weird how like small tweaks in in the molecular structure can actually you know make the experience so much different and the mushroom itself is very very similar to ayahuasca and dnt mm-hmm. it is actually a dnt molecule with a extra oxygen atom on it and uh, so yeah, I don't know. Those are keys to the to the <laughs> to the kingdom, eh? <laughs> yeah, to the alternate. Yeah, the kingdom is a good way to put it, or like a crystal palace, or heaven, or Eden, or I don't know. Mm. Maybe something beyond. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super. Fascinating. And um, yeah, I knew we were gonna focus on this uh, today, uh, Olaf, because I knew I knew it's something you're very passionate about and you want to share. Uh, but before we wrap up, you know what? Obviously, people have heard. Those who are initiated to this, may, this may some of this may be old news, but those who don't know this kind of stuff, you know, and I guess they're interested in understanding more. What advice would you give to those who are potentially going into this psychedelic world, if you like, for the first time? Well, there are plenty of advices, and uh, I would love to share all of them because you know I can I can go on and on talking about those things. But number one thing. It's just do your homework. It's, uh, it's all about doing the homework. I feel so, uh, based on my own experience, the more I read about it, well, you know, have to be careful with all the expectations. You read about all kinds of interesting mm-hmm. things. It's like, oh, I want to experience this and that. You know, just accept the experience when once it comes. But do your homework and uh, all of the, all of the, you know, the, all of the great minds in psychedelics or people who, you know, the researchers, they all say the same thing. Just do your homework. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the more you know, the better. And uh, because that, you can't just come back and hunt you. Like if you don't know, you know, what's going on, well, you can't really truly understand it. They say nothing really compare, uh, nothing really prepares you for it <laughs> completely or fully. And that is true. Yes. But the more you know about it, the better you will just feel about going into the, the experience mm. and, uh, and yeah, that's just going to result in a better experience. No, and, uh, homework, homework is so key. Yeah, do your homework. And, and well, I, I, I would recommend there are websites like Arrowit, E-R-O-W-I-D dot, uh, I think, I think it's com, maybe it's org, but people can look up Arrowit. It's very, it's a big, big database of trip reports, the chemistry, all kinds of, you know, all of the drugs, even, you know, from caffeine to cocaine to alcohol and all those things. And uh, you can read a lot about, uh, you know, the plant medicine over there. And uh, to seek out the ones, you know, like Terrence McKenna, he's a big, big uh, advocate. He unfortunately passed away. Mm. But he, he talks a lot of, you know, he, he knows a lot about it. And even, you know, I mean, like Alan Watts, he's not a big, big, you know, he, he was he touched on psychedelics, but the things he talks about, just life, death, existence, you know, just find somebody that is, you know, resonates with you and you're comfortable with. And uh, yeah, just do your research, do your homework. That is the number one, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and no, I just number checked one, that website. Most it is Erowid, E-R-O-W-I-D.org. It's Erowid.org. Org, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just checked it. So I'll check that out. It's myself. a great source for all kinds of, yeah, information yeah. And, and links to another another into another websites and you know, all of that yeah yeah i've not heard any of it before so i'll check it myself any other tips before we wrap up olaf any other tips? Well, regarding psychedelics or but yeah well, for, for beginners especially well yeah it's and then that being said do your homework and uh, you know saying it's powerful it's potent and all that and it can be you know it can be challenging it can be a difficult time and uh, that can be purging but uh, apart from all that just enjoy yourself i mean just accept it and uh, I mean, we go to the movies to watch horrors and we watch uh, like a drama, not like, you know, comedy or pleasant things, but we still go them to enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. So enjoy the process because it's the, uh, it, it is as scary as it may sound in a way, it is a moment of death. It is, uh, it's my experience. And uh, 
yeah, it, it is a moment of death. It's kind of like looking over your life. And uh, you're going to see, you know, the good things. You're also going to see the bad things. But, uh, yeah, just appreciate it, observe it. And, uh, yeah, do not try to fight it. Just accept yes. the experience. The more you try to fight it, the more it's, mm. <laughs> the worse it's going to get. Yeah, I, I found that directly. It's great advice because the more you fight, the more it gives you. And in the sense that the more pain it gives you. And when you just yes. let go, and so, it sounds so cliche, but when you let go and surrender, then it's just you can relax. But it's, a good and it's, it's in life really hard. And hold on yeah, easier said than done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We hold on too much in life in general, and it's like, you know, if it's like stress. You, the more you hold on to it, the more it builds up. So we've got to let it go. And um, exactly, great advice. Awesome, man. So let's wrap up. So I think those are two great things. Uh, on that note, just as a caveat, you know, it's not for everyone, but for those who are interested, you know, it's something that hopefully this show has piqued your interest. I'm sure it has because it definitely has for me, even though I'm I'm somewhat versed in this area. Uh, but it's been a pleasure, Olaf. But before we wrap up, tell us where uh, anything else you want to mention, but uh, anything else about yourself, so where we can find you, website, social media links, or anything like that. Yes, people can find me as a Planet Olaf, both on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and iTunes. And uh, yeah, my upcoming, my next two interviews will actually be Maria Johanna, who oh. led the ceremony from a couple of years ago, and also Dr. Dr. Jerry, as he's called, he was the, it was a long title, he was the author of the, uh, the, the God Molecule, the 5DM, 5MO DMT. really, yes. Oh. Yeah, do you know, do you know him? Who he is? No, no, I've, I've read um, The Spirit Molecule by Rick Strass, Dr. Rick Strassman. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great um, book. I, I recommend that one if people are into ayahuasca or DMT. That is uh, The Spirit Molecule. This one is uh, uh, the God molecule, you know, yeah, <laughs> those titles are like you know, very yeah. spiritual, and uh, and um, so yeah, it, people can check out Planet Olaf, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately, my personal fitness training business is just uh, locally at the moment, is uh, so I don't got anything global or you know, anything in English up and running, but I'll put it on Planet Olaf in the future, but uh, yeah, people can check out my, my other podcasts. I'm bringing out on a lot of people, you know, more experts. We're more articulated and more experienced and more, yeah, just uh, deeper into, deeper down that rabbit hole that I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, good. I mean, you're getting some great guests on. And yeah, we'll be sure to put those uh, links in the show notes. And similarly, yeah, you go and check out Olaf's show, guys, if you're listening. It's great, uh, if you're, especially if you're into the psychedelic side of things. Obviously, as you said, he's in the fitness world as well. But I think we can have you on at another time to discuss those things. But yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I was a guest on Olaf's uh, show uh, earlier this week, and that's the first time I've publicly spoke about psychedelics and my usage of them. And I guess second time here, or first time on my own podcast. So right. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been quite interesting, and I'll be sharing more with you guys on it as well. But I know today actually we focused just on psychedelics, but I know in the future I'd love to have you back to talk about various other things. So Olaf, I just want to thank you for spending your time with us, uh, sharing your journey, your wisdom, and experience with us too. All right. My pleasure. I appreciated you having me on. And yeah, giving me the, the platform to speak about those things. Appreciate it. It's an honor. And to wrap up, I'm Aiden Lee. Uh, this is the Fit Roots Podcast. Thank you for helping us on our mission to build modern warriors. <laughs>